It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. the sports complex on a friday afternoon on the show today we'll get into a whole lot of nfl talk getting ready for a divisional round weekend in the nfl little news and notes about texas football we'll throw that in uh texas basketball and big 12 basketball some nba talk as well the astros make a big signing one of the biggest signings they've had in a while uh, signing a new player. They make that deal. We'll tell you about that as well. whole lot more. Jerry Hamilton was on Ian Robbie this morning. We'll play that interview with some great Texas insights. And, uh, of course, your text messages, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the reels. And then on the rails. It's already off the rails uh, on, a, on a Friday. Uh, what that means is whatever you guys want to talk about, we try to get to everybody's text. I know yesterday we had a bunch of people texting in uh, at the last minute, so if you want to text back in today, if we didn't get to you yesterday, uh, we will get to you today. We you know, we run out of time at the very end, and we get a bunch of texts, but I appreciate everybody who texts in uh, joins the conversation here on the show, even if we don't always agree. Like yesterday, even if we don't always agree, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you texting in uh, because you guys are what makes the show roll right along every single day for me here. Uh, if you did hear yesterday, I did have a, uh, a dinner party yesterday or it was not mine. It was my friend's, it was my birthday, my buddy's birthday. Uh, so we all went out and it was a success. Uh, we were talking sports roughly five minutes after I sat down. So I don't know if that was me, my doing, or, uh, if the whole group was up for it, we had the great part of it. Uh, <laughs> we was talking, uh, I was talking to the Cowboys uh, with a couple of people, including the birthday boy, and he's also a Michigan fan. And so someone else, ob- oblivious of our conversation, said, oh, congrats about your team. 
as we were talking about the Cowboys, and I saw his face drop as if it was the worst insult he'd ever heard. And I had to go, no, she means Michigan. She means Michigan. <laughs> it, was a, it was a compliment. It was a compliment. So that, uh, that was a fun part last night. But it was a good, uh, good night, and happy birthday to my brother Anthony, uh, uh, turning 40 this year. So uh, happy birthday to him. It was a fun time, though. Uh, all of your advice uh, I don't know how how it came in, but I do appreciate you guys trying to give me some advice yesterday of keeping it uh, low key. I I just made uh, off color jokes and in uh, talk sports. That's it's really it's kind of a one track mind guy. It's kind of what I do all the time. So that's what we we did, but it worked. It worked. It worked. Uh, <laughs> let's get to a little notes on Texas uh, before we get to some uh, Texas basketball talk, Texas football talk. Uh, Texas does get another commitment, another player from Alabama. Uh, the, the people leaving the ship after tech, after Alabama, after Nick Saban retired, uh, there's rumors and, and, and speculation at least that a lot of people, because Nick Saban was producing so much NFL talent, that there was a lot of guys who may take less NIL and, and, you know, may, may, you know, sit on the bench longer and do other things because they knew this was the track to the NFL. And if you want to go to the NFL and be a top pick and, and be respected, that out going to Alabama is one of the best ways to do it with Nick Saban. Uh, I don't know if that track record's there for Kalen DeBoer yet. He may get there. He's he's a, a hell of a coach. Uh, but those guys are now jumping off. Texas has grabbed a few. Uh, and yesterday they get the commitment of Amari Nyblack, uh, tight end, it is a plug-and-play replacement kind of for Jatavion Sanders. They're going to have to get his uh, blocking up a little bit. He's capable of blocking. He's, another, he's a big guy. He's He'll be fine doing it, but they'll have to get that up to uh, the standard of what they want to get him to. But his receiving, his ability to uh, get downfield, all of those things is a big commitment for when we talk about all the weapons that Quinn Ewers lost and everything that he is having, you're having to replace on that offensive end with with Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell and, and Jay Witt and Jatavion Sanders and, and Jonathan Brooks all going away when you see what Jaden Blue and, and C.J. Baxter did near the end of the year and some of the young guys that are coming in, uh, then you know you still have a Jontae Cook and a, and, a, and a Moore. And able, like you have good young receivers here, and then you also get the South Golden. You get Isaiah Bond in. You get Matthew Golden. Now you pick up another tight end. You just have a lot of weapons now again for a returning Quinn Ewers, so a big pickup for Texas to get another top tight end uh, coming over from Alabama. We'll see if that keeps going. Uh, for the note of DeAndre Robinson, the defensive lineman who did not come in for – he was supposed to come in early at Texas and did not show up uh, and then asked for out of his uh, letter of intent. Uh, he has now committed to Florida, where he is from Orlando. He's from Florida, so he's going to go back to Florida and stay in Florida uh, he was one of the ones, a casualty of Bo Davis taking the LSU job. Uh, so that was uh, an unfortunate one, but we see that he's going now, staying in Florida. Uh, not hugely surprising. And, you know, it's it's unfortunate, but that's what happens when you lose a coach is what we're seeing. We're You know, you're getting rewarded from it, from uh, from Alabama right now. But you, you're going to get hit with those, some of those as well. Uh, speaking of coaches that we didn't know where they were going and going back and forth, Dwayne Aquina did tweet out today or X'd out or post or whatever it is. Uh, Dwayne Aquina, his post was, anything that deals with my future will come from this page. I have no sources. I'm disappointed. Two universities I truly love went through this drama. I'm excited to be part of the U of A, this U of A staff 
and group of brothers to finish our job. I'll say the same to UT. Hashtag hook them. Hashtag bear down. So saying, you know, everyone who said they had sources on me, they didn't. I didn't tell anybody what I was doing. So all that was hearsay and, and not real. Uh, but he is staying at Arizona is what he is saying. That is from his uh, his official site or what his own post is. So uh, Dwayne Aquino not going to be able to come to Texas, which is unfortunate. You were looking forward to having another great mind uh, there for Texas, but that will not be happening. And on the defensive line coach, the rumors right now, which we don't know if they're true or not, but it would make sense, and I think that's why the rumors are being put this way, uh, because the coach that they're currently talking about, that the rumors are that may be the next defensive line coach at Texas, is currently in the NFL playoffs, uh, Rod Wright, former defensive lineman here at Texas, uh, formerly coached at Sam Houston, at East Carolina, at UTSA, then Miami, and now he's the assistant defensive line coach for the Houston Texans. Uh, but the rumors are, either it's rumors or speculation or whatever you're hearing, is that Rod Wright may be a guy that when the Texans are out of the playoffs could be coming to Texas. I know that was an issue with Chris Jackson last year with uh, Jacksonville that they had to be out of the playoffs before he could come back to Texas. So that would give you a reason why Texas has not really put any movement on the defensive line coach hiring, but it would be Rod Wright, a former Texas player, bringing back a guy from Texas to you know bring in that you know you don't have to worry about the same thing of uh, a Bo Davis who went back to LSU or a Freddie Roach who you know went to Alabama or you know a lot of these defensive line coaches and position coaches end up going to where they came from uh, in the college they went to and, and you know have a special bond there. So that is the rumored uh, place for Rod Wright. Now, all right, let's talk some Texas basketball, uh, and then we'll get to the text line, 512-447-3776. Texas takes on Baylor, number nine Baylor, on Saturday morning, uh, 11 a.m. game on ESPN. It's going to be a big game for Texas. This is a game for Texas where they've already lost two at home this season. They've lost one on the road that they really shouldn't have to West Virginia, uh, they really should not have lost to Tech. They should have been able to hold on to that game. But Tech's a pretty good team. UCF, while they have upset Kansas, is a team that you had to hold on and you had control of that game, and there was no reason to lose it. Uh, there was nothing. that It was just a, a poor effort in the last eight minutes of that game to cost that game. You're going to have to show that you can be able to play 40 minutes of basketball. You have to show what you can do against this Baylor team. Now, as much as this would seem as if this is a foregone conclusion because Texas is not playing good basketball right now and Baylor is your number nine team in the country. They do have a, a, some really good recruits on that team. Uh, this is a game that Texas has a fairly good shot to be in. Uh, this is a you know back-against-the-wall game. This is a Saturday uh, ESPN game where you're going to get a, a, a raucous crowd at the Moody Center trying to root this team on. Uh, we've seen that for Baylor, Jacoby Walter – who is one of their star freshmen, has been pretty inconsistent in bigger games and road games and games where he needs to step up. His offense has been pretty inconsistent. They do have some big three-point shooters. So Texas is going to have to uh, make sure that the pressure on the line on the three-point line stays there. They're not a great rebounding team. UCF, that was one of the things. UCF thoroughly out-rebounded Texas. Texas has to be able to get back on the rebound on the boards and, and get those rebounds. 
Uh, but this is a Texas team that should have a shot against a Baylor team that would kind of reset your season a little bit, get you back on that path. This is Rodney Terry now coming out after being the news story and then making national news for all of the wrong reasons. Uh, I saw a man, Fran Fraschilla, who's a great voice of, of college sports, who, you know, he said, look, this is, this is not something that you can do, and this is not the right way to do it. The right thing to do in that is to use that moment in the locker room afterwards to inspire your team and to get your team fired up. Uh, but you can't, you can't do what he did. And then I, when people are like, unacceptable, he, and I get it because I've said it's unacceptable too, but uh, he's like, look, it's passion. We see this at least two or three times a season uh, across college basketball that, you know, it gets too heated. You don't ever want to see it with your guy. It's not something you ever want to see, but it's something that, you know, you just need to, if, if, if it's RT, he needs to get up past that and start to use these things and use the narrative and use everything of that pressure and feeling like the walls are closing in on this Texas team, which I know he's feeling. And you need to, you know, I think he's tried to protect his team a little bit to not make them feel like, hey, man, this is a big deal. You know, I know guys like Dylan DeSue and Dylan Mitchell will have chances to go on and play at a higher level. Some other guys on these teams will be able to play, continue playing basketball depending on what, you know, level you get to. But I think they need to get that a little bit more urgency in that didn't seem to be there and the urgency that lasts 40 minutes. Because it did seem like there was urgency that they've come out against Cincinnati and started off hot. And they came out against UCF and started off hot. And they started hot against West Virginia. And then it just goes away. And, well, we got a 12-point lead. Time to time to just coast it in for the rest of the game. That type of urgency, that type of intensity. And and they talked about after the Cincinnati game that, that Max Aismas said it. We need to get our intensity up. And you go, yeah, you, you guys are not facing – you're not realizing that everyone really, really wants to beat Texas. You saw the horns down at the end of that game. UCF, I don't know if has ever played Texas before. And for them – that was a rivalry game. They wanted to go in there and prove that you guys suck and they're they're a legit team and they belong in the Big 12. That's their statement this year is they belong. They belong. You have to be able to have that, and knowing you're going up against a Baylor, now you get to say we're the underdog. Our backs are against the wall now, not like UCF that's trying to prove it. So see if you can use that uh, to push you forward. But this is a effort game. You have to rebound. You have to play perimeter defense for the entire 40 minutes because if you let some of these guys like Langston Love shooting like 40-something percent from three-point range, you let him get a couple shots up, and he's not shooting a ton, but if he shoots, you know, if he hits two threes, well, that could turn into six threes on you. And Baylor's not a great three-point shooting team all of the time. They've had in some of their losses games where they've been able to get stopped at the three-point line. You have to bring that type of defense. You have to be able to, in the post, defend without picking up fouls. Uh, you know, we talked about it with Shedrick. Hopefully he'll be able to stay in the game and play a few more minutes and, and be a little bit more effective than he's been since that back injury. But going up to block shots, put both hands up, or don't just don't put your other hand out. Dylan DeSue, going back to, you know, he got much better at it at the end of last year and the beginning of this year, not picking up stupid fouls. And he went back to it. And just the mental errors and piling up and piling up upon this Texas team, those are things you now have to realize Man, there is no, there's no, oh, that was an anomaly against Tech. That was an anomaly against West Virginia. That was an anomaly versus UCF. It, it's not. That, that's, that's on you guys. That's on the coaching staff. That's on the players. You have to be better, and you get a chance to do it at 11 a.m. against Baylor. 
It's a big team. They have a lot of young talent. But if you come in there with your experience with the Dylan DeSue and a Max A. Smith and a Tyrese Hunter, and I get Max A. Smith just isn't there defensively yet, so you're going to have to help him out and make sure he gets out on his assignments, but allow him to play close on the defense and have protection behind him. You know, if they get a couple dunks, that's all right. You can't let them go off and start getting three-pointers and really starting to light it up because that all of a sudden makes a game, even if you've got a 10-point lead, two threes, and all of a sudden this game is is right back in it. So you have to be careful in all those. But I think Texas has a decent shot in this game, but they have to show up. And they have we haven't seen them show up for 40 minutes in a game yet. And that's what, at least in Big 12 play. And that's what you want to see. Some other games around the Big 12. Oklahoma is taking on Cincinnati. Uh, This is a game that's probably not great for Oklahoma. A lot of the things they do well, Cincinnati does well too. And Oklahoma has not been great on the road. This may be another loss for number 15 Oklahoma that started off so well and was undefeated. Getting into conference play is showing that some of their weaknesses and some of the things they do really well, other teams in the Big 12 do really well as well. So that is going to be a difficult part for Oklahoma to get better uh, against Cincinnati. But this is a Cincinnati team. We know what it is. Playing in Cincinnati, that crowd is ready for it for Big 12 play. Uh, UCF, after beating Texas with a big upset against Kansas as well, uh, goes off to play number 5 Houston, who's had a couple upsets recently as well. Uh, Houston needs to get back on track here. They're not going to get caught by surprise by UCF. I think at home, Houston should be able to handle UCF. Uh, Number 24, Iowa State, takes on number 19, TCU, uh, this is a pretty evenly matched. Both teams kind of do the similar things, so it should be an interesting game to see if uh, someone can get momentum in this game. But I'll, I'll give it to TCU simply because they have the home court advantage, uh, and that seems to give you an edge uh, for this Texas for this TCU team against Iowa State. Number twenty BYU versus number twenty five Texas Tech. BYU is a better offense. That's about as much you can get into. Uh, but I don't know if BYU is going to be able to hang on. This Texas Tech team. Uh, has a lot of fight in them. Uh, those guys in Lubbock, what they've done in Lubbock for years, and their entire you know culture uh, across brand, across sports for Texas Tech involves being the underdogs and being scrappy and being and being fighters till the end and trying to get those comeback wins and trying to stay with it. They had a big win over K State. Uh, that K State was ahead of them for most of the game. And it really didn't look, and it looked kind of like the, the Texas-UCF uh, game. And Texas Tech was able to come back and get the win there. Uh, I will take Texas Tech to uh, win this game uh, with BYU just not being able to hang on. But I think BYU will play well in it. I just don't know if they can hang on at the end. They're going to have to hit a lot of shots to be able to do that. Looking at the NBA action, a uh, couple, uh, couple Texas teams playing. The Mavs will not be playing this weekend. They were supposed to be playing tonight and then off Saturday and Sunday. That game has been canceled due to the death of an assistant coach on the Warriors. The Warriors are not playing right now because of that, uh, the uh, unexpected death there. Uh, So that game will be rescheduled. Uh, For the Spurs, they will be taking on the Hornets tonight and the Wizards on Saturday, both on the road. Uh, Because we know back-to-backs that Wimby right now is not cleared to play back-to-backs with his health, so with his ankle injuries where he sprained his ankle several times this season, so Wimby will be out tonight against the Hornets, expected to play tomorrow versus the Wizards. Uh, But Zach Collins is supposed to be making his return tonight against the Hornets. This is a team that the Spurs have beaten the Hornets once. They're not a very good team. Uh, Of course, neither the the Wizards are a worse team, and I think that's why they're playing Wimby there to get a win when they can. Uh, But this will be an interesting... All right, this will be a good matchup for the Spurs without Wimby uh, against the Hornets to see if they can slow down uh, LaMelo Ball, who made his return against them a couple uh, week or so ago and 
looked really good against him. You got to slow him down. Uh, see if they can get two wins in a row here against two not very good teams. Would be a good step forward in the progress of this young Spurs team. Uh, the Rockets are taking on a back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. By the way, NBA, stop doing back-to-backs. You, you keep yelling about players taking time off. Stop scheduling back-to-backs. Just stop. It makes for bad play. You can tell because everyone you, everyone you look at in back-to-backs and you bet on back-to-backs, the lines change, and bad teams beat good teams because they're on back-to-backs and guys are playing less minutes and they're tired. I get you can go into whatever analyst analyst say about injuries and whatever else. We're just talking about good basketball, and back-to-backs do not lead to good basketball. So stop scheduling them. Find a way. I know it's, I know it's hard because you're trying to fit it in the same area. You don't want to start really any earlier because there are the issues going up against football that you don't want to get further into that and muddy the waters even more. And you don't want to go later because then you're getting too far into summer. But I, I'd go earlier. I'd go a couple weeks earlier and try and get rid of these back-to-backs. They're, they're just terrible. And you've, you've added in the new rule that Embiid's st- struggling with right now, which I'm fine with, which is you have to play 65 games in a season to be eligible for uh, – all-NBA or MVP or Defensive Player of the Year, so you can only miss 17 games in a season. But teams are still going to be trying to sit guys out in back-to-backs because they just don't want to play back-to-backs. Players don't want to do it. If you want to get closer to not having guys miss it, Wimby's not playing in Charlotte because of that rule. Because they're playing back-to-back. You can't do that. Uh, But the Rockets playing back-to-back Saturday and Sunday. Uh, They play the Jazz uh, tonight, and the both games are in Houston for them. Uh, Jazz tonight, Laurie Markkinen having a really good season. 24 points per game, a little over eight rebounds a game as well for Laurie Markkinen. And Utah's playing well. I think they're overachieving right now, which is kind of, you know, they're in that spot where they're not great, but they, they're above 500. They're playing pretty good basketball. Uh, we'll see what they do at the trade deadline as that is rolling up uh, early February. Uh, some rumors on the trade deadline. DeJounte Murray, the, the, Falc- or the Hawks, are very much trying to move DeJounte Murray, uh, they would really like to the, – the backcourt of him and Trey Young is just proving to be a uh, defensive sieve and the, you know, two smaller guards, and they're just not able to guard some of the bigger teams around the NBA right now. Uh, it didn't work out the way they wanted to. They're ready to move on from that commitment. Uh, there is some extenuating circumstances that DeJounte Murray's contract isn't bad, but it does have a trade kicker in it, which makes it a little bit worse. Uh so we'll see if they may. A lot of teams are looking at DeJounte Murray, though. About six or seven teams are looking at him. Uh, the Mavs trying to find a forward to bolster that full forward position. Uh, maybe bring a little more defense because they continue to have problem with the defense. Apparently, Lively is off the uh, off the is not available in trades, but everybody else is except for you know Irving and uh, and Luca, of course. Uh, a couple guys the Mavs are looking at: Jeremy Grant and Kyle Kuzma. Which, man, Kyle Kuzma seems like that guy, Mavs fans, you just can't catch a break that you get a Kyrie Irving that a lot of Mavs fans don't already like. And then if you got a Kyle Kuzma, you're like, man, why, why do we have to keep getting guys none of us want to have on our team? He's a decent player. He'd be a fine third if you don't have to give up too much to get him. But I don't know if he's a fan favorite. We'll see about that one. Uh, let's get to Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day so we can start getting that text on. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. Big Fat Poll of the Day today. I want to ask you guys because it is going to be a great weekend of watching sports, watching college basketball, watching NFL playoffs. My Texans are still in it. I want to get some advice from you guys on this one. What is your go-to game day meal? What are you doing when you're watching sports from 11 a.m. to 
midnight, whatever. What do you what are you making? Are you making something that goes the whole way? Are you ordering pizza? What's your game go to game day where it's game day? We are watching basketball and football, and I don't want to turn off the TV, and I don't want to. I'm invested. I'm invested for these young matchups the NFL will get into. Some good stuff on Saturday, some good stuff on Sunday. What's your go-to game day meal? 512-447-3776. Of course, anything else you want to talk about, put in there. You guys drive the show. So let us know on the text line what you want to talk about. When we come back, uh, we'll mention who the Astros have picked up. A big signing for the Astros. And we'll play some sound from Jerry Hamilton joining Ian Robbie talking college sports and all that goes with it. One of the uh, best in the business in covering recruiting. When we come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, M1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. It's 512 Friday. Playing the best uh, local music here in town that you can go check out live around town this weekend. Austin Music, you can go see in Austin if you're here in town. This is Donovan Keith. He has a show tonight at the Continental Club. Donovan Keith, very talented man, uh, playing tonight at the Continental Club. This is his new single, Can't Catch My Heart. You can check that one out. Uh, on a 5-1-2 Friday right here on the Sports Complex. All right. Text lines open, 512-447-3776. I see some good stuff in there. Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, I do want to bring up the Astros have made a signing. Uh, the Astros are bringing in one of the best relievers in the MLB. Josh Hader is coming to the Astros. They have given him a, a historic contract for relievers. I believe it's the one of the highest paid contracts for a reliever ever. A five-year, $95 million contract the Astros given to try and solidify that bullpen, uh, get them up to where they, you know, the bullpen was a strength of them in some of their World Series wins. So uh, they are, or you know, the last World Series win especially. Uh, I shouldn't say some. They've, they've got two. So I can't, can't brag too much on them. But uh, five years, $95 million for Josh Hader coming to the Astros. It is a bit of a surprise because the Astros were looking like they were going to try and spend less money. Uh, it still makes you wonder if they're going to be able to keep Alex Bregman past this year, uh, but it looks like for this year they're going to be trying to keep it, and then that's when you have to start paying Kyle Tucker and where his numbers are and where else you're going to be able to get some money and who you're going to be able to pay, but uh, they typically don't want to go too far into that luxury tax, and uh, they're, they're getting pretty close with that five-year, $95 million contract to Josh Hader. All right, I want to play this sound from Hook'em Up with Ian Robbie because it's a really good stuff anytime we get to hear from Jerry Hamilton. So I want to play this sound, uh, interview with Jerry Hamilton, 
from Inside Texas, uh, lead recruiting expert, uh, does a great job at what he does. So it's good stuff there. Uh, let's play the sound. When we come back. We'll get to the text line, 512-447-3776. 5 o'clock hour, we'll get into some more NFL talk as well. But here's some Jerry Hamilton on a hook up replay right here on the Sports Complex. We go straight to the Vaqueros hotline. Let's do it. Talk to a great friend of ours who uh, we always love chatting with, all things football, basketball, portal, all kinds of stuff. He is Jerry Hamilton, the senior, senior recruiting analyst at On3 Sports, and a heck of a good guy. Jerry, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Just uh, every day is a reaction to Nick Saban's uh, seismic uh, event in college football, it seems. Yeah, take wow. us. We were just talking about the ripple effect, uh, and it's big. Uh, Nick Saban leaves, and it fires up the coaching carousel, obviously, but also the portal fires back up, and there are some really good players. Longhorns have added three players this week through that portal. Give us your, your thoughts on the three the Longhorns have added in Isaiah Bond, Kendrick Blackshear, and now uh, uh, the, the one I just mentioned in our headlines, the tight end, um, Amari Nyblack. What are your thoughts on these three players? Yeah, I think Texas is crushing it offensively. I mean, Isaiah Bond is a 10-4, 10-500-meter guy. Texas fans familiar with him, obviously. Auburn fans really familiar with him. A fourth and 31 that will never be forgotten in the history of that rivalry. But he is a take-the-top-off-the-defense receiver. I mean, he gives Sark a toy that I'm not sure he even had last year. Xavier Worthy was really fast in the, in the way he played. But Isaiah Bond is vertically fast off the line of scrimmage. I'm sure, Rod, you guys have hit on it. Take the top off the defense. Um, Amari Nyblack at tight end is every bit the athlete and more that Jadavion Sanders was as a downfield receiving threat. I mean, this Texas offense, and Silas Bolden from Oregon State can really fly too. This Texas offense is going to be faster next year than it was this year. And that's saying something considering Xavier Worthy. Uh, Keelan Robinson, and some of those guys, uh, Don I. Mitchell going off to the NFL. Uh, this is going to be an explosive, fast offense in Austin next year. I mean, it, it's going to be scary fast for defensive coordinators. I think Kendrick Blackshire is an adult in the room at inside linebacker. And I think with some really talented young linebackers, that's a good mix for Texas to have an adult, experienced inside linebacker. I think he played 100 snaps. Uh, in the box for Alabama last year, so he's played SEC football. And I think that's important. He'll have a role on the team. I don't think he's the level guy that we're just talking about. Isaiah Bond, Nyblack, Silas Bolden, all those guys, Matthew Golden, um, Makuba. I mean, these guys that Texas already has, I don't think Blacks are that level player, but I think he's a really good fit for what Texas needs. Hey, Jerry, what are your thoughts about um, Jabbar Muhammad? There are a lot of it's a lot of buzz about Jabbar Muhammad. Of course, he is uh, kinfolk, cousins with Malik Muhammad. Uh, what's the latest there? Yeah, you know, Oregon was the leader headed into the visit. Um, I think Texas is the heavy favorite now. I mean, he's scheduled to be at Alabama this weekend, possibly at Oregon next week. We'll see um, if both of those visits happen, what happens in this process. But, you na- I mean, you nailed it, Rod. I mean, look. I think Texas had to do a good job sitting down. Sarkeesian did the first day of that two-day visit. It was a Wednesday-Thursday visit. That first day, Steve Sarkeesian was on the road seeing recruits, came back into Austin, spent a lot of his day Wednesday with Muhammad and family, Jabbar Muhammad and family, really illustrating how Jabbar and with PK, how he fits into that defense. There's There's quality returning corners back at Texas, how he fits their plan for him, Sark's plan for him. 
and this Texas team next year, I think that alleviated some concerns out of the gate that maybe Oregon had a better immediate impact. No doubt starter playing 70 snaps for Oregon. I think at Texas, they're going to rotate their players a little bit more at these positions. We've seen it, uh, but I think that's also uh, kind of a strength of Texas with where they're headed as a program. But I think Sark had to talk through that. Uh, the interesting thing, Wednesday night he had dinner. Uh, Jabbar had dinner with Malik Muhammad and Billy Walton, both of his cousins. He has a third cousin at Texas. He plays on the women's basketball team. So there's a lot of family ties to the University of Texas. I'll say this. I'll say this. I know everybody's talking NIL, blah, 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 with this recruitment, but I'll say this. If Jabbar Muhammad ends up at Texas, and I predicted that with all three, it's going to be because of travel. His family got a taste last year. You know, they've been, they've been driving up the Stillwater for three years and he was at Oklahoma State. They got a taste last year getting on that bird and flying to Seattle and making those trips happen for home games. If he goes to Oregon, that's even tougher to get to. I think if he goes to Texas, an underrated, it won't be talked about, big part of that is the family gets to drive two hours on Saturdays to watch their son play his final year of college football. Instead of getting on a plane, those expensive trips going up uh, to Portland, driving down to Eugene, however you get there, I think that's going to be a key in this recruitment if he picks Texas. Yeah, that's Jabbar Muhammad would be the fourth defensive portal addition ad, uh, if they can get him. And uh, Jerry Hamilton, our guest from On3 Sports, uh, predicting that that's where he's going to land with his cousin Manny. And uh, both Blackshear and uh, Jabbar Muhammad, uh, Jerry, another more of those, that South Dallas you know, combination with all the DeSoto, yeah. Duncanville, South Oak Cliff players that are also familiar with one another. Sark and his staff are really loading up on South Dallas, which is a good idea because it's a very talented area of the country for football. Uh, let me ask you about the defensive line because if they add a Muhammad on top of what they've done um, on, with four on offense, four on defense. They don't have a defensive line coach yet. We've heard the name Rod Wright. What are you hearing there, and is there anything left in the, in the portal as far as defensive line help immediately, or do they maybe wait till the spring to maybe address what they need up front on the defensive side? Yeah, I think all signs right now are pointing to an NFL coach, uh, obviously, somebody who's still coaching in the playoffs, so else I believe an announcement would have happened. We'll see if that ends up being correct. Um, I tend to think it is, but, you know, we'll, we'll wait to see what uh, Steve Sarkeesian announces on that. Um, I think defensive line, I expect Texas to, to grab a defensive lineman or two in the portal. But here's the thing. It may be after the spring. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I mean, look, I hate to kick Alabama fans while they're down if they're listening. Julian Sayan just entered the portal, or it's announced he's going to enter the portal. The five-star quarterback that just got on campus at Alabama. So is there going to be more players leave Alabama? If there's a D lineman that leaves, is that going to interest Texas? Probably. Uh, so I hate to kick Alabama fans when they're really down, but um, there's still more time for guys at Alabama to hit the portal. And the way the negative momentum's going right now, I wouldn't rule it out. We'll see what happens. But it could also be in the spring when Texas adds that defensive lineman. After that, their D lineman. D-line coach announced after they get through spring practice, uh, they could, it could happen there, or they could take two. One could be now, and one could be in the spring. We'll have to wait and see. Hey, Jerry, I want to ask you about Texas basketball um, and your thoughts, uh, especially about what we witnessed, uh, them losing to Central Florida with a 16-point lead in the first half, double-digit lead in the second half. What are your thoughts about the direction of this Texas basketball team? Yeah, I think, there's, I think there's a struggle to find the starting five, the rotation, the mix. Obviously, 
you know, you have two smaller guards, which is going to be the issue heading into the season, two guards that are six foot five eleven. So you have to be able to protect those guys on defense. You have to be able to protect those guys on defense without giving up your floor spacing, though, offensively. So it's a tough spot for, for this staff to be in and that you need to play big to protect your two small guards. But if you play big and those bigs, and one of those bigs is not a perimeter threat, can't put the ball on the floor, go, go by people at wing, then your floor spacing isn't there on the offensive end. So they're kind of in a pickle with what they need to do, what they're trying to do, and the best way to maximize what they have. It's crazy to sit here and think about. They're shooting 37% from three as a team. They're closing on 75% from the free throw line. You normally put those two things together with a Texas team, and they're very successful. Um, right now, it's they're in a slide, uh, but it, it, it's been so interesting to kind of watch to see. You know, when Dylan Dissou missed a, a lot of the first part of the season, Shedrick in and out of the lineup, how, how they've had to adjust, find those roles, find the rotation. But I think that, it, that there's a struggle right now to make that rotation work and how do you cover two smaller guards on the defensive end but still then turn around on the offensive end and have the spacing you need in the college game. I think they're in a, they're in a tough spot right now, and it'll be interesting to see if they figure that out or if it's going to be one of those inconsistent seasons uh, with with the ups and the downs. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's uh, it seems like a, a flawed roster at this point that they're trying to work through. Obviously, if you could get the Dylan DeSue that you saw against Cincinnati with that 33-point game, that hit four threes, I mean, that's what you would really ideally have is those, you know, he and Max Acemas, and then, you know, because he can stretch the floor a little bit with his three-point ability, but, we, you know, he's still trying to work his way back into shape, and they need that on a night-by-night basis, though. Yeah, yeah, they do, and, and that's the thing. I mean, they need – they have to play through. to I think, maximize their team offensively. They have to play through Acemas and D.C. That's it. I mean, those are your two guys. Those are your guys that you have to play through. Uh, the, the interesting part about that is if Dylan Mitchell plays a three, you can't really space the floor like you want to, right? It, it, so that's kind of the issue for me when I watch Texas play is Dylan Mitchell's better as a college four. Um, if he plays the three, you're going to lack the spacing. Um, and you're probably going to lack some of that crisper ball movement you want to have that defense constantly in a rotation mindset. Uh, but they have to play through Acemas and Disu to maximize their team offensively, no doubt. Hey, Jerry, you think this team's a tournament team right now? No. Uh, not with losses to Tech um, and not with the home losses to UCF. They got some work to do. They're going to have to win a couple of road games. They're going to have to win some key games here uh, because right now I don't, th- I don't think you'd bet on them being 500 in conference play. I'm not saying they can't do it because they can. Uh, but right now, just if we're looking at bracketology right now, they have to be out, but they can earn their way back in. Yeah, they got enough, enough matchups with really good teams to get back in. But, yeah, they got to win some of those games, obviously. And they got to stop losing yeah. at home. They're 0-2 yeah. at home. If in the Big 12, you have to win your home games. And they've already lost two that are very winnable with Texas Tech and UCF. Hey, Jerry Hamilton is with us on 3 Sports, their senior recruiting analyst, also basketball insider. Hey, Jerry, the uh, junior day that's this weekend, I uh, know Sark's busy, but this is a big one. Uh, they got some, some big-time names for the class of 2025 and 26 on campus. There's a big basketball game with Baylor tomorrow, so I'm um, assuming you'll see some players there. Well, how big a, what, what, what is the, the vibe of this junior weekend or junior day that's happening tomorrow? You know, we've talked about before, and I know Rod and I have talked about it. We've all talked about it. 
I thought the win over Alabama in the season they had getting to the playoff, and we didn't know they were going to the playoff at the time, but we talked about it during the season, the win over Alabama, what that would do for recruiting. Didn't they finish this season off? Did they win a national championship? No, but they finished the season off. They won the Big 12. They got to a college football playoff. That's finishing the season off in year three from where Sark uh, inherited this program. But what that did, they now have the ability to get more kids on campus. And why that is so important for me in this business so many years is they now get to truly get that wingspans, hand sizes, the in-person evaluations, the talking to the kid, talking to the family. They get to do what Nick Saban did for 15 years with his success at Alabama, what Kirby Smart's doing at Georgia, what Dabo did, what Ohio State's been able to do. The more kids you get on campus, the better your evaluation process is. And Texas is already evaluating at a high level. Now, with the season they had, they can get about whoever they want on campus. This weekend, there's more than 25 players ranked either five-star or four-star in the on-three industry rankings, over 25 that are going to expect it to be in Austin Saturday. That's a massive talent event, and that's just in the 25 class. They're going to have some 2026s there, some of the top prospects in the state, some of the really top young 2027s in the state, but really that talent in 25 that's going to be in Austin Saturday. I mean, it's every position. The only position it's not is quarterback. And that's because the quarterback commitment, K.J. Lacey, will be visiting next weekend when his teammate Ryan Williams, the five-star receiver, makes his official visit. Outside of quarterback, they have tons of talent coming in Austin Saturday. Big weekend for Texas, and it, uh, the train never stops. When do, they, when do these coaches get a break, Jerry? Is there, is there a window where they can get some downtime, or is it 24-7? I want to congratulate, congratulate the college coaches on having – uh, some vacation in July, but in my business, that's when all the kids start committing. So that I hope they enjoy their July because uh, July Fourth is more than fireworks in my business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the best at it, G. Appreciate it, my friend. You have any other questions, there, Rod? Are we? No, let my man Jerry go. There you go, Jerry Hamilton, bringing it, bringing it as always, and it's good to hear you, Jerry. Good stuff right there. Texas hoops, Texas football. Um, you know, great point about uh, being able to get kids on campus to evaluate them. Sark's big on character and getting to talk to a player, get to know this player. Uh, all that can happen this weekend for the class of 2025 and 2026 uh, with 2024 already in the barn. I, actually, I do have one more question, Jerry. Any other recruiting movement before early February? Because there's another window that opens what, what, the first Wednesday in February. Is there any other additions or, or where, where is Texas on that front? Yeah, I think they're so portal focused right now. We'll see. I mean, we'll see if they, if they, when they have their D line coach hired, do they go back in on Alex Foster, a kid that visited officially in December, a Baylor commitment, or do they just hold for the portal in 25? It's entirely possible. I think that's a bit of an unknown. I will tell you the next event, though, guys, is this if Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan and goes to the NFL, that opens up a 30 day window at Michigan, like you're seeing at Alabama. And if Jim Harbaugh leaves at Michigan and they don't hire Sharon Moore, that opens up more jobs. I mean, I think Sharon Moore will be the pick because I think Michigan people have watched what's happening at Alabama, and Kalen DeBoer is a great coach, right? A great coach. But the mass exodus at Alabama has to scare the living you-know-what out of Michigan people if Harbaugh leaves. Because you can't afford right now. Here's the problem with the portal right now. If, you're, if you have a coaching change in January, so if you're one of the teams that makes the college football playoff then your guy retires or goes to the NFL, you're totally hosed. Because most of the guys in the portal have already picked their places. 
And then you get hit with multiple losses, 10, 15, 20 losses, and you can't replace those guys for spring practice. You're hosed in that scenario. The NCAA, college football is going to have to take a look at this portal window, and they're going to have to fix it because life's not fair, but that's really kind of – if you have a great season and your coach goes to the NFL, you get hosed. It's not really supposed to be that way. I agree with that 100%. Uh, Jerry, great stuff. And, uh, um, you know, we'll see with Michigan. You know, at some point, they got to be in school, right? I mean, is there a window where if you're <laughs> yeah. in Ann Arbor and it's February? Well, you, and we would, th- we, would, we would think. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, you have to go to class. Uh, but we'll see. You're right. Well, we, get, we keep our eye on, uh, on Jim Harbaugh. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jerry. You got it, guys. Always with strong opinions and always with great info with Jerry. Yeah. Always good stuff to hear from Jerry Hamilton. Some updates there on – you know, the D-line coach search and, and the players being on campus, always appreciate hearing that stuff, uh, you know, from a from an expert on the recruiting, not my expertise, so I, I like to listen to Jerry Hamilton, and I hope you do too. Uh, we're going to go take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the text line, 512-447-3776 is that text line. We'll start to get to your text, start rolling through them here on the Sports Complex. When we come back here on 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on a 5-1-2 Friday where we play local music and go check around town this weekend. This is Sabbath Crow. They're going to be rocking at the ABGB on a Saturday. So if you want to see some hard rock, they have a hard rock lineup. Uh, Saturday at the ABGB, you can get some pizza and some beer and enjoy some some heavier music. If that is uh, up your alley, check them out. Sabbath Crow here on a 5-1-2 Friday. Uh, keep the music rolling. Keep the party rolling. Keep the text line rolling here on a Friday afternoon on the sport on the sports complex. Five one two four four seven three seven seven six is the text line. Uh, Got to go in. Uh, somebody texted in yesterday. Uh, texted in again because I asked if, he, if I wasn't able to get to your text yesterday. You can send it in today, and I'll try and get it today. Uh, you asked me to give you names of coaches. Sounds like you know Eric Musselman should have been the hire. He shouldn't have been the hire. Rodney Terry should have been the hire, but. Uh, that being said, I think Eric Musselman was a realistic candidate that was a possible hire. Uh, the other names you have on there, Tony Bennett, Kelvin Sampson, Matt Painter, those are just a few Texas throwing money at to lure away from their coin schools. I don't think any of those were coming to Texas. Uh, we know Kelvin Sampson. That was discussed. Uh, there was talk of it. There was rumors around it. And Kelvin Sampson was quite happy to stay at Houston. He got a pay raise. Matt Painter is not leaving the number one school in the country to come to Texas and try and rebuild a team here. You don't leave the number one school with the player of the year and all that to come to Texas. You just don't. Uh, he's doing just fine. And Matt and uh, Tony Bennett, I do not believe, was coming either. Uh, all reports were he was not coming either. Uh, there was a couple other people that were not coaching currently that were maybe that they would want to get back into coaching. There are some other guys like in that Muslim range of, of younger guys that maybe could be in there. Uh, but you're taking a shot on those guys too because I don't know if their recruiting works. And you don't ever know if you come into Texas, you don't know if that person is going to click with the donors and everything the way at an Arkansas it may be easier because you're in Arkansas and you're a little bit more, 
you know, there's a little bit more of a bubble in it than when you're at Texas and the bubble may be a little bit bigger and includes football and, you know, you're not, you know, it, it basically, you know, it's maybe a harder time to get people's ear around Texas during the football season. If you're a basketball guy, that may not be what you want. So I, it's just hard to get coaches here. It's hard to recruit and, you know, you're, you're recruiting, trying to recruit in other places to come to Texas. The Moody Center is a huge help. It is a huge help to have that now. The Irwin Center was not a help, believe me. Uh, but it's difficult. It's difficult. And so you can throw money, but if a guy's making $4 million a year and you offer him five to take a worse job, then he may not want to do that. I know people don't want to hear Texas at worse job, but at basketball, it's not, it's not the best. There's basketball schools that are better jobs in Texas. And if you have the number one – and like Purdue, I don't know if it's a better job always – but a Purdue team that has a college player of the year coming back and the number one team, I, I don't know if you're leaving that. I just don't, I don't think you're leaving that. Stuff like that. I don't know. And like for Kelvin Sampson, they're going to the Big 12. They, had, they were going to pay him whatever to match because they couldn't lose, lose him going into the Big 12. Uh, text there, uh, Nate, uh, I'll hit you back, Nate. I'll hit you back on the text line uh, about, about that. I'll hit you back. But appreciate you listening, Nate. Uh, Texas says, seems like everyone's having a down year in college basketball. Not everyone's having a down year in college basketball. Texas is having a down year right now. Uh, they can respond and get back, but they're having a down year for sure. The Big 12 is just difficult, and so it's hard when you watch it and you watch some other conferences where there's a lot of not very good teams in them, and the Big 12 doesn't really have – like West Virginia is the worst team in the Big 12, and you should not have lost in Texas, but uh, you know a lot of these schools are just really good basketball teams. Texas, The Big 12 has built itself as a basketball conference now, and unlike the ACC that has a ton of schools, so you may get a few that are lower, the Big 12 doesn't have the, the plethora of schools, so they have a lot of really good basketball schools. And like a lot of these places that were coming to the Big 12 knew it would be a thing to, okay, let's go to the Big 12 and maybe we'll bring in, you know, you know uh, improve our basketball because it was one of the points that Brett Yormark, when you know, getting the new teams for the Big 12, he wanted to make that at least, that they were a basketball conference and could be one of the best at something as opposed to being, you know, the lower end of football and not having something to hang your hat on. And as much as basketball is much lower than football, we all know that, uh, at least monetarily and in the, the grand scheme of uh, in the zeitgeist for, for, uh, for, for college sports, yeah, it's still something and you need to have it. Uh, oh, some tech. All right, you know what? Why don't we take a break? We'll come back. I'll reset why I'm asking for the best game day meals. That is the poll of the day. What is your go-to game day meal? So send those in because I see a few of those on there. So I want to get to those. If you keep wanting to talk Texas basketball, we can keep talking Texas basketball. We're going to get to some NFL talk. So any picks or uh, or uh, hot takes or anything you got for, for the NFL, any uh, predictions, send that in. On the text line, 512-447-3776. And we'll be back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com.